and we are live from the Vultures Nest. You already know who it is. My name is Mike Kyle, aka the Fantasy Vulture. I have over a decade worth of fantasy football experience and have continuously competed for fantasy championships over the course of the past six seasons. Let's make it seven in 2020. But enough of me, I'm here for you as always. On today's episode of the FV Show, we're going to continue our All 32 NFL Team Preview Series, taking a look at every single NFL team all through the lens of fantasy football and we are now down to the final six today we are going to tackle the dallas cowboys as we try and wrap up the nfc east and then tomorrow we'll have the philadelphia eagles to officially close out that division but before we get started a few quick things from you first off smash that subscribe button power running back style so that you never miss a video from me we're pretty much going off every single day all the way up until the nfl season september 10th Next, if you could, drop a like button down below. Like an open receiver downfield, just hit him in stride. Hit that like button in stride right across the middle of the field, Patrick Mahomes style. And last but not least, you can follow me on all social media platforms, at FFVulture, that's TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. And then you can also shoot me a text as well, 330-302-1554, my source for my one-on-one -on -one fantasy advice this season. It's honestly the best way to get in touch with me. And of course, the website, before we even go any further, the website is ffvulture.com. If you miss anything, I'm going to try and update that thing more and more as we go out through the course of the season. But, 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 let's talk about a team that I've been waiting to talk about for so long because they have so many intriguing and fun fantasy options for you this season. That is the Dallas Cowboys. And where else do we start but with the quarterback position and Dak Prescott? And Dak Prescott, I was trying to like, I was trying to get to my next thought before I got his full name out. Dak Prescott, aka Dakota, in 2019, just balled out. Like that's it. Like end tweet. He balled out. Period. Send. That's it. That's all you need to know. He put on such an incredible season, and I don't think people realize what he actually did. Because I didn't realize what he actually did. I was going through my stats and I was going through like the pre I was going through the review of last season. And I was doing this and I'm going through each player. I'm going through Zeke. I'm going through Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup. And then I go through Dak. And I'm like, wait, Dak threw for 4,900 yards. He had 33 touchdowns. And he threw the ball almost 600 times. That can't be right. That can't be right. But sure enough, it is in fact correct. Dak Prescott put on an absolute show, and he absolutely carried your fantasy team probably week in and week out. So all that being said, he does finish as quarterback two overall in 2019. He had 10 games as the quarterback one, six games as the quarterback two, and that's it. Endless. No quarterback three games, no games outside of the top 36 at that position, even though that would be very unlikely, all things considered, because there's only 32 starting quarterbacks. Uh, he threw uh, 388 completions on 596 attempts. Like I said, 4,900 yards, 277 rushing yards. 33 touchdowns, 11 picks. He averaged damn near 22 a game on 16 games played. His new finish is quarterback three, and that's just simply because Deshaun Watson, I believe, missed a game or two last season. Dak's ADP currently is quarterback three, going at the early part of the fifth at the early part of the fifth round. I also am ranked as quarterback three. To me, it's very simple. 
Dak has the weapons. He has the offense. He has the new coach of Mike McCarthy who is going to throw the ball. And Dak is playing for a contract. Dak is playing for an absolute boatload of money. And with that being said, we know how guys perform during contract years. And the answer is always very well. So I'm very much in on Dak. But the thing that I always have to throw as the caveat for that is that you are paying that fifth round draft cost for him. And now granted that fifth round draft cost is not as bad as maybe that second or third round price that you're going to pay for either Mahomes or Jackson. And of that next tier of guys between Dak, Deshaun, Russ, and Kyler, I, I lean Dak. I, like I said, I have Dak as three, so I am right on line with consensus ADP as far as that goes. The question just becomes, like, do you pull the trigger? Like, what is, are you going to be able to return any value on Dak at that spot? I think that's the real, that's the real question that you have to ask yourself. So let's go, um, we're going to keep this up. I'm going to go to all. So I'm going to pull up the giant list here. And this is basically who you're deciding between, uh, between Dak Prescott and the other guys in his ADP currently. So you're looking at, at the running back position, David Montgomery and Todd Gurley, Jonathan Taylor. At the wide receiver position, that's where it's a little bit loaded. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, Cortland Sutton, Robert Woods, Lockett, Diggs, Chard, Juju. So that, that's interesting there. Uh, at the tight end position, if you lean early tight end, Andrews, Ertz, and Waller. And this basically just comes down to roster construction. If you like going quarterback early, if he slips and you think he becomes a value in your draft because everyone else is waiting, or if you do want to take that gamble because he does have the pieces to repeat what he did last year. That's the thing. I feel like this quarter, I feel like this team in general just took that step forward to just offensive juggernaut. All things considered, like how many quarterbacks can we definitively say are going to throw the ball 600 times? Because now the fact that you even add, uh, now the fact that you add a C.D. Lamb to the mix, like, and yes, they did lose one of the largest amount of uh, one of the largest target amounts in the league as far as uh, vacated targets. That's the word I'm looking for. My God, um, I think he can do it again. He has the weapons. He has the offense too. It's just, are you comfortable spending that fifth round pick on a quarterback? And that's a question that I can't answer for you. I know where I side on that, and that's more likely. No, then yes, but if he becomes a value in your draft and he does and he slides because maybe people don't think maybe because I think that's the biggest thing. I don't think people realize actually how good he was. And so if you're watching this and you're seeing all this information in front of you, you're gonna be like, oh shit, he was really fucking good last year. But let's talk about the running back position for the Dallas Cowboys. And by that, I mean, we're going to talk about Ezekiel Elliott. I don't give a shit about Tony Pollard, like full, full disclosure. I don't, um, the only reason to even consider rostering Tony Pollard is if you do take Zeke and you just need that handcuff just in case Zeke gets hurt or uh, Zeke catches COVID again. Whatever the case may be, like that's the only value that Tony Pollard has. I don't give a shit if Zeke is on the field for 80% of the time and Pollard's in for the other 20. It doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter to me. I don't like handcuffs as is, just as a general principle. This is the one year where I'm kind of subjecting myself to it if I have to. Uh, simply because of the circumstances throughout this offseason. But back to Zeke Elliott. Finished as four in both standard and PPR at the running back position last year. Nine games of the running back one, six games of the two, one game as a three. He had 300 carries, 54 receptions, 1,300 rushing yards, 420 receiving yards, and 14 touchdowns. 
17.8 points per game on all 16 games played. His new finish is running back five. Listen, I've I, I've done two mock drafts, I think, so far with uh, two or three. I've done, shit, what about, how many have I done? I know I've done two for sure. I've probably done three, whatever the case is. I think I've taken Zeke in both of those. And it's just simply because where you're drafting, and I've, I'll take Zeke as early as two. When you're on the clock that early, and I talked about this yesterday with my Giants preview, the issue that I have with Barkley is that I don't know what that offense looks like, and I don't know how great that, like, what's that offense's ceiling. I know for a fact that the Cowboys offense can very well be the best offense in the NFL. Not only that, I know that Zeke is the most consistent running back in the past, I don't know, five years or so. He just routinely puts up 16 points per game for you, and he's never really hurt. He finishes strong. He's a monster in the receiving game as well. So he has both facets. He's not gonna go off. He's not gonna come off the field, like I said. So for me, if you are in that number two spot, I do. I kind of like Zeke more than Barkley. Like I, I see the pathway for Zeke to end up as the number two or number one overall running back. And just looking at like those weekly finishes, like nine games is a one. His six games is a two. I want to pull those up real quick. Um, let's see. So. His six games of the two, right? The thing that one of the things I've been really focusing on recently is depicting what those two games look like, um, because it's very different, right? It's uh, those like that can entail a running back two game can simply entail that he finishes running back fourteen on the week or running back twenty, and there is a difference between those naturally, right? So of his games uh, as a running back two, it was fifteen, fourteen, thirteen. 19, 18, and 23. So we kind of split that 50-50 as to what games you were really happy with and what games you weren't. And obviously that running back three performance is just kind of like a fuck it, right? Like, like you don't expect those uh, with guys who you take in your first round pick, but if they happen, so be it. And it's only one, so it really is no big deal. You probably took your L that week, but it's fine because he gave you 12 other good games out of 16. I'm all in on Zeke. Give me him every single day, twice on Sunday. I actually just found out that I had the number four pick in my draft, um, and I'm really trying. I'm really hoping that Zeke goes or that seat or that Zeke falls to me. I think obviously McCaffrey's probably gonna go number one, and then what happens between Barkley, Zeke, and Dalvin? However the chips may fall, I'm cool with either one of them. But I'm really hoping that Zeke falls to me at number four because he is steadily becoming one of my favorite fantasy running backs this season. Now, 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 let's shift gears to the wide receiver position. And I'll say it, my least favorite wide receiver in the NFL, Amari Cooper. And you've heard this, you've heard, probably heard this all before. So let me bang this drum once again. Amari Cooper is going to finish inside the top 13 top 12 at the wide receiver position however how you score your fantasy points is more important than how many fantasy points you score I know I've been saying I'm going to make a whole video on this um in the future and I still haven't don't worry it's actually on the list what day do I have this um it looks like September 2nd this video will be out and he's going to be a prime example of this I might actually just take this whole clip and just post it in the video itself so Amari Cooper last season, on the surface, dominated. He finished as wide receiver 7 in standard and wide receiver 9 in PPR. He had 119 targets, 
79 catches, 1100 yards, and eight touchdowns. He averaged 12. He averaged 12.9 points per game. He played all 16 games. His new finish is wide receiver 13. So you look at that on the surface and you're like, oh shit, Amari Cooper balled out. He was spectacular for your team last season. Well, 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 not so fast. One moment here as I pull up the exact data. All right. So this is where we really have to break things down. We have to look at weekly finishes. He had four games as a wide receiver one. Three games as a wide receiver two, and four games as a wide receiver three. Now, you're looking at that, you're like, all right, so he was a little bit inconsistent, he was a little bit all over the place, but then let's we take this step further, right? So, four plus four is eight, plus three is 11, okay, but he played all 16. So, that means he had five games outside of the top 36, on top of the games that he had as a wide receiver three, which aren't great by any means you'll probably it's passable just barely like you're probably surviving but you're but you're hanging on by a thread and that's that is really the issue here with Amari Cooper is you never know which version you're going to get on a week in week out basis and yes I do understand he was battling through some injuries last season and so that's going to obviously affect his play but we have year over year over year data with this like this is nothing new and so it's the it's it's my biggest issue with fantasy rankings because we play a weekly game and so while season long totals are are nice and I do like to factor them in to some extent obviously I have them for every single player depicting how you got there is just super important and super critical to me um so I have his game log up here and I'm just simply just going to highlight the highs and the lows, and then we'll be able to kind of merge the two together. All right, so there was a 34-point game against Green Bay. There was a 26-point game against Minnesota. There was a 19-point game against the Giants. There was a 23-point game against the Dolphins. And then there were some games like this, a 5-point game against Detroit, uh, a 2-point game against the Rams, a 4-point game against the Eagles, and a seven-point game against the Saints, and that's like that's the issue, because it because the numbers say Amari Cooper averaged 13 points per game, and yes he did because if you were to just average out whatever the case is, 20 what what would that number be? A 26-point game and a two-point game. You merge those together and you do some math and blah blah blah, and boom you get out 13. That'd actually be a 24-point game and a two-point game. Um. And that, that number is going to spit out to be 13. But when you are going through this roller coaster every single week and you don't know how the ride is going to end up, if you're going to love it or if you're going to hate it and you want to get off immediately, that's the Amari Cooper experience. And the fact that he is being drafted at wide receiver 10 is, ind is indicative of season long finish and not a weekly finish. Because if you're looking at these numbers and you're looking at what he's doing on a week-by-week -week basis or where he's finishing every single week, it's, it's, not a, it's not a fun ride. It really isn't. It's stressful. It's frustrating. It's infuriating. And you can't have that level of inconsistency with your number one wide receiver. We talked about this with Aaron Jones and the Packers. Aaron Jones is perfect complement if you're drafting, if you're going running back early is somebody like a Dalvin Cook in the first round, and then you take Aaron Jones in the second. And the reason why you do it is because 
Dalvin, you're going to get consistent production week in and week out. And with Aaron Jones, we know his production can also be wobbly at times. And as an Aaron Jones dynasty owner, that is also a roller coaster sometimes that I want to get off, right? So with Aaron Jones and having Dalvin Cook, you have that flexibility for Jones to kind of tank a week or two. Now, obviously, it's not ideal, but we know that Cook can probably shoulder the load if uh, Jones were to fall off a cliff during any given week. So if you are drafting Amari Cooper, that's kind of the exact same that's that's kind of the exact same path that I think you have to follow. If you're in on Cooper and you do take him as your wide receiver one, you need to make sure that your wide receiver two is super steady. Like whether it is Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Tyler Lockett. Somebody like that just to pair with Cooper to where if Cooper tanks multiple weeks, which you know he's going to, because we've seen it for the past five or six years then you need to have somebody be able to um, you need to be able to have somebody to mitigate any kind of potential weekly losses that Cooper's going to bring you at least to the best of your possible ability. So I have him ranked as wide receiver 12 because I know that's where he's going to finish, but I'm not drafting Amari Cooper at all. I don't want that level of inconsistency from my number 1 wide receiver. So now that I know that was kind of negative and I'm not, I'm not really a whole fan of negativity uh, when I do these. I like, I like being positive about guys, right? Because that's what makes us fun. Seeing the upside, seeing the positivity, seeing the breakouts, right? We love predicting these kind of things because it's fun to talk about. Unfortunately, the trend continues, though, with Michael Gallup. And I'm actually going to tie these two together in a roundabout way. Michael Gallup and CeeDee Lamb preview. Um, so it's draft night, right? And C.D. Lamb starts falling down the board. And, you know, there was a lot of talk of C.D. Lamb to the 49ers, to the Broncos, to the Raiders, to the Jets. Because all those teams needed wide receiver. And we saw pass, 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 pass. Then the Cowboys get on the clock, right? And then they show Jerry Jones. And you know something's going to happen when they just show Jerry Jones smirking like an idiot, right? And the Cowboys pulled the trigger... And they take CeeDee Lamb, who is widely regarded to be one of the top two wide receivers in this draft. When I tell you I screamed and was so mad at the Cowboys for doing that, it, to me, to me, the CeeDee Lamb select, I've never been more pissed at any draft selection by any team in the history of my sports fandom. The only time that I could potentially say that otherwise, like the, number two would have to be when Charlotte took PJ Washington over Kevin Porter Jr. But that's a conversation for a different day. Um, PJ Washington, still my boy now. Um, but I was, I was irate. And the reason why I was irate is because I knew Michael Gallup is a star in the NFL. And now you bring in a wide receiver as talented and as touted as Lamb into this offense. And I felt Michael, I felt Michael, Michael, I kept wanting to say Michael Cooper. I felt Michael Gallup die on draft night. And I've tried and I've tried to bring my, to bring him back from the dead. And you've heard the reports of Mike McCarthy saying we have three wide receiver ones on our team. And they do. And they do. But there's only one football. And we have seen, that being said, we have seen the Rams have, uh, have three wide receivers in the top 24 with Cooks, Woods, and Cup. 
and we know that this Dallas Cowboys offense is going to throw the ball 600 times. I get it, and I've tried. I've tried to reason it. I can't get there, though. To me, Michael Gallup is dead. We need to talk about last season, though, just in case he isn't. He finished as wide receiver 20 in standard and 22 in PPR. Uh, wide receiver won three times, three games as a two, two games as a three, 113 targets, 66 catches, 1,100 yards, and six touchdowns, 12.8 points per game, 14 games played. His new finish is wide receiver 16. This is what I was talking about. When you look at Michael Gallup, who only played 14 games, and Amari Cooper, who played all 16, their numbers are crazy similar. If Michael Gallup were to have played all 16, he would have had more catches, uh, easily more catches. Oh, no, I have to sneeze. Uh, he would have had more catches than Cooper, probably would have had more weekly finishes in the top 36 than Cooper. I think it would have tied. Three, what's that? Three, four, four. Yeah, so they would have been close to equal there. And I don't know what the yardage totals is. Hang on, let's see. Let's pull this back up. And he would have had more yards. More yards. So, like, this is... Even when you look at the points per game, it's literally a tenth, a, a tenth of a difference. Michael Gallup is so talented and such an incredible wide receiver. And I haven't ranked as, as wide receiver 34. He's currently being drafted as wide receiver 27 going in the sixth round. You have to ask yourself. You have this is the thing that you have to ask yourself when you're going into your draft, and Michael Cooper and Michael Michael Cooper and Michael Gallup is on the board. Are you buying last season, and are you buying the involvement this year? I think that's the main question. All right, so let's play this out hypothetically. They throw the ball 600 times this season. Just basic number. Mari Cooper's gonna have 120 targets. Let's just say that they paid him. They paid him a shit ton of money this offseason, so you know he's gonna see the he's gonna see more um, uh, more balls his way this year. So let's say 120 goes to Cooper. Can we can can we safely say that Michael Gallup sees 100 targets? Zeke's gonna get 80 to 80 to 90. How many does Lamb get? That's an interesting question. How many does Jarwin get? There's just a as there's so much talent on this team in only one football, I don't know where to rank Gallup. It's it's the biggest thing because of how touted Lamb was, how talented Gallup is, just Amari Cooper just being a target hog, Blake Jarwin emerging, who we're going to talk about in just a moment. I have questions. I don't know how this pans out, and I'm just I'm willing to be wrong. How's that? That's the best way to put it. I'm willing to be wrong about Michael Gallup, even though he's a player that I love in concept. In theory, on the field, he's so good. But can he produce for your fantasy team this season? I get, We'll find out. We'll find out. I'm willing to be wrong. But let's talk about CeeDee Lamb, the player who they drafted and broke my heart when they drafted him. Yo, straight up, CeeDee Lamb is DeAndre Hopkins. Um, the way that I really broke down CeeDee Lamb and Jerry Judy... Uh, for me, Lamb is more of the athlete wide receiver, and that is more that DeAndre Hopkins line of work. And then Jerry Judy is Antonio Brown, the technician, just the incredible route runner who's just going to burn you and cook you with speed uh, and just uh, with speed technique and just his ability to move around the football field. 
So with CeeDee Lamb at Oklahoma last year, he had 94 targets, 62 catches, 1,300 yards, and 14 touchdowns. He's 6'2", 198, and runs a 4'5". So like I said, just one, just, he's just an athlete. Like, he's just the athlete type. Big body dude. Just go up, get it. Great catch radius. Does amazing things after the catch. The, the Cowboys spent their first-round pick on him. He went, at, he went at 117. His ADP is currently wide receiver 44 going in the 10th round. I've ranked as wide receiver 52. And, yo, it really is, for me, just one of those things where I just think Lamb and Gallup, they're going to eat into each other. Like, Cooper is the number one on this team. We get that. We might, we might not like it, but we get it. So, if Cooper's the one, how do the chips fall with the other two? In a way, it kind of makes more sense to take Lamb than Gallup. Uh, if you just want to follow the line that I've been saying a bit of, I'll take the player who goes last, specifically when I was talking about the Giants or the Bengals, or the Seahawks. You know, the, all those teams have multiple wide receivers who should be fantasy relevant. And the thing I've been saying with those is just give me the one who's going last. I don't want to reach. I want to be the one that takes the last guy available. So that kind of makes sense if you want to follow that art, that, that if, if you want to follow that logic with CeeDee Lamb, because Lamb should probably see, I don't know, 70 targets minimum this series this season but even so they lost Randall Cobb who I thought who I believe had 80 targets last year Jason Witten also had 80 so like there is room there are targets to go around for everybody I just don't know what that distribution looks like as far as Lamb and Dynasty I'm gonna pull this up because I, I didn't even think to talk about it but because my Dynasty draft is also coming up and I'll be making a whole set of videos about that Lamb for me is interesting um I actually have CeeDee Lamb as my number 14 rookie overall this season and it is just simply because there are so many mouths to feed in Dallas they just paid Zeke a shit ton of money uh was it last year or two years ago so he's on a mega deal looking to get the ball like they're not going to go away from him Cooper just got paid Gallup Lamb Jarwin again there's only one ball to go around and while yes they all could have production there are a few wide receivers that I like their situations better where I know that where I know that, that production is going to come. Um, so that's why I have Lamb all the way down at 14 in regards to wide receiver. And Ed, and specifically at the wide receiver position, one, two, three, four, five. Lamb is my sixth wide receiver on the board. Like I said, I see the talent. I love the talent. But the other factor that plays into fantasy football is opportunity. And Lamb is just in a super crowded offense, and I don't know which way the ball is going to bounce week in and week out his way. But we're going to wrap this up with the tight end position and Blake Jarwin. Uh, it's being dubbed the Blake out by Mike the Hitman Wright. 2019, Jarwin finished as a tight end 25 in standard and 28 in PPR. Two games as a tight end one, six games as a tight end two, and two games as a tight end three. Uh, 41 targets, 31 catches, 365 yards, and three touchdowns. The adjusted score, really just going to throw that out because he wasn't on the field all too much. He was also competing with Jason Witten ahead of him, who, who again, like I just said, had 80 targets. So if you were to just give those tight end targets all to Blake Jarwin, he would have 120 targets on the year. We've seen Dak time and time again just be very comfortable throwing over the middle to the tight ends, just kind of using it as a safety valve. Uh, just very kind of Philip Rivers-esque in that way uh, when you really break it down. A lot of people are just calling for the breakout, though, for Jarwin. When he was on the field, he had multiple games where he flashed. His current ADP is tight end 17, going at 13.08. So you are getting him super late in drafts, essentially free. 
I also have him ranked as tight end 17. And I want to go back to one of the things that I said in regards to um, the tight end position this season. This year feels so deep at the tight end position for maybe the first time in like a decade, at least as far as I've been playing fantasy. I don't remember a time where the position legitimately has guys that you are comfortable taking all the way down through tight end 20, even a little bit further. I'm looking at my list like Ian Thomas is a great option, Eric Ebron at 20, Greg Olson out in Seattle. Um, and the thing that I've been saying, and I specifically made this point when I was talking about Chris Herndon and the Jets, I believe it was, take the guy that you like if you're waiting on a tight end late. For me, I would rather have Herndon. I would rather have Gesicki. Uh, Jonu Smith, Hayden Hurst, those are all guys that are going in that late round tight end range. If you buy into Blake Jarwin, do so. Again, we, one of the things that we really like about tight ends in, in general are tight ends that play for high-powered offenses, where we know for a fact that, this, that they're going to be a team that scores and moves the ball consistently. Jarwin definitely fits that bill. Again, there are a lot of mouths to feed in on this offense, but we know Dak's tendency to throw to the tight end it was being reported pretty much throughout the past few days that him and uh, that Dak and Jarwin have been having great chemistry all throughout camp. There was a few touchdowns thrown his way during practice. So all good signs are being uh, are being pointed in the upwards direction for Blake Jarwin, the Blake out. Uh, I don't hate him if you want to take him uh, with your last pick if you're waiting on tight end. Once again, just take who you're comfortable with if you are waiting on the position. But that's going to do it for... My Dallas Cowboys All-32 NFL Team Preview. If you like this video, be sure to leave a like and subscribe down below. We're going to do the Eagles tomorrow, and then we're going to wrap up this series with the AFC West. I really wanted to save that division for last, specifically just because they have so many fun teams to talk about. So here we are, the home stretch. The home stretch, we've been doing this whole thing for a month and a half now almost, and it's been so fun. It's been such a fun series. I'll probably do a whole spiel about this. Uh, towards the end of the series once again hit that subscribe button for more hit the like button just show your support for this video in particular you can shoot me a text 330-302-1554 for any sort of fantasy advice or question that you need answered and then you can also follow me on all social media platforms at ffvulture that's instagram tiktok and twitter for some content over there and the website is ffvulture.com i'm gonna get up out of here thank you so much for watching and remember people come and go but fantasy championships are forever. Later.